Welcome to the Sacred Rebels podcast, where we discuss life after trauma as we question societal norms and shatter stigmas. Are you a woman who longs for a sense of community and understanding? Well, stick around. There's a seat for you here. This is your host, Tay, and co-host, Amy. We're just two best friend millennial moms and entrepreneurs navigating life and motherhood while on a spiritual healing journey. We don't do surface level, and we're definitely not your typical moms. So let's dig deep. We plan to cover it all and take you behind the scenes as we share our personal experiences. Learn more about the holistic side of healing and introduce all the incredible humans we've met along the way. Join us as we, let's be honest, probably overshare the good, (laughs) the bad, and the ugly side of healing. We hope to help you step into your power. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sacred Rebels. Today we have April Piotrowski. Did so I just insane. do that right? You did that Perfect. right. Yeah. We know April um, from the program. We've known her for a really long time and we're super excited to have her here to share her experience and where she's at now and what she's doing today in terms of holistic healing. So with that being said, we're going to start off with our deep breath like we always do. One hand on the heart, one hand on the belly. Heart is the intuition and the gut is our wisdom. So we just breathe deep into that space. And just let it go. And then April's gonna pull our card from our Sacred Rebels deck. I love this deck so much. I was just saying to Tay, Um, I was just in Costa Rica for a a retreat this past February, and this was the deck, well, one of the decks that was there that I just kept being drawn to, and I posted something online. And And I knew immediately. Yeah, she texted me, and she's like, oh, my God, Secret Rebels. I was like, how do you know this? I'd never seen this deck before that time, and so I just think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I Synchronicities. I used it all throughout my divorce. It really, like, helped me get through a lot of... That's amazing. Yeah. I swear to God, decks, like, once you find your deck, it is like family, because I've had the same shamanic card deck that was made actually from a woman in new hampshire and i've been using that deck for eight years and amazing i think i've used it with you before Mm -hmm. you did i have one too called vision quest and it's a native american um deck that literally gets me through everything also it's called vision quest it's great Ah, i love i just love a good deck are you in this Ooh. visions of life beyond death that's kind of interesting don't you think oh Especially because our conversation before. I know, right? I just love the artwork in that deck, too. If if you guys ever out here interested in getting a deck, I would highly recommend this deck. It's just a good starter deck. Oh, how do I do this? That's right. I have to look for, like, the number. And you can just give, like, cliff notes. We usually just do the cliff notes. Some of them can be long. I feel like, yeah. I'll just do, like, the first, like, paragraph or whatever. perfect. Sacred vision is awakening within you. You are becoming blessed with the ability to truly see, to see what is real rather than what appears to be. This is true insight. What was once considered consensual may soon be found to hold little consequence after all. Oh, I think consequential, my bad. (laughs) I'm like, that didn't make any sense. Uh, what was once dismissed as an irritation or irrelevance may be seen to have great spiritual significance. As mundane as something once appeared, it could now be worthy of absolute attention. The gift of genuine vision takes you into the being of the universal creator. This is sacred terrain beyond logic, convention, and that which is limited in any way. 
<laughs> the more open you are to receiving true vision, the more love you will feel and recognize within and around you. Mm. Something may appear to change form, to be shed, to be lost, or to die, but there is love within it always. This realization doesn't remove the pain of the loss. It does provide a way through which it can be healed and eventually transformed into peace. Wow, that's a really good one. Love that. That's end goal. So mm. good. To end peace. Goal. Please, just, I crave peace. <laughs> <laughs> just give me peace. Just give me peace, please. I know. I feel like this life just might not be, like, meant for that sometimes, you I know? know? It's lessons. It is. All lessons. All I feel lessons. like I... I chose to be here. I asked for every experience that I'm gaining, and, and it's to learn what I'm supposed to. And I know that, like, in this life, for me personally, like, I am here to completely heal all generational trauma that's been in yes. my family from the, on the yes. female line. Like, and stop. it is not an easy job. It really isn't, you know. No. It's very hard, and sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, can I even handle this? Can I do this? Is this even what, it's, what it is? Is this real? Like, whatever. But... Yeah. I keep on always coming back to like knowing like that that is my purpose here. And the two little boys that I'm raising, it, you know, they're going to be carrying this on to their family. Yeah. And like this is where it exactly. is where it stops. Exactly. Where the line Breaking is healed. Breaking generational all of trauma. All mm-hmm. are doing that yeah. currently to all of our family lines. Like yeah. I know for a fact there's been multiple experiences where I'm just like, this is it. Like, I am breaking these generational curses because these things happened to my mom. And you know what I mean? And before her, you know, it's just like, that's it. It's yeah it's it same yeah that's what we're here to do I mean it's a tall task and I feel like sometimes I question like you know like you question like why me or how is it me or is like you know like that imposter syndrome a little bit but yeah can I even handle this yeah how can I even do this this seems so huge for like what I'm capable of doing exactly I get that okay let's start from the beginning why don't you tell us a little bit of your story, have um, our listeners identify a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, so I no longer identify as a person in recovery, but I did for a really long time. Um, so I had like drug addiction issues in my family and alcohol abuse addiction issues in my family since, you know, for generations, honestly. Yeah. Like my grandparents, every, like it's in my parents, it's kind of gone through everything and it also with me. So Um, I started like drinking and using drugs at a really young age. Both of my parents got divorced when I was 12 years old and it like kind of like exploded my life and, um, drugs and alcohol and my friend group was like what brought me peace. You know Mm. what I mean? It kind of was the only thing that felt like I was always there for me. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? As soon as I needed that feeling of feeling okay, like I knew that I could go get that. So, um, in the beginning I didn't really realize that it was like an addiction. I thought it was just having fun, but it eventually took over my life as, You know, many people who have this issue feel the same way. Um, And, you know, just years and years of abusing myself and doing awful things and, you know, losing friends and family and, you know, hurting people. And, you know, I I don't really need to say, like, the whole thing. But, like, we all know what happens when you're, you know, addicted to opiates and alcohol. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, (laughs) no, too well. So when I was, um, it was August of 2014, um, I had finally just kind of hit this point of, like, you know, I was either going to die or change. Like, mm. like it was just that. And and I had an opportunity come up where um, my ex-husband was like, I will pay for you to go to rehab. So I ended up going to a really great rehab in Franklin, New Hampshire. And honestly, it was, it was probably the first spiritual experience that I ever had in my life. Um, 
everything there just felt like magic. Like for the first time ever, I kind of felt really clear and I felt like, okay, that I wasn't using, you know, and it was a 12 step program and uh, I was hooked. Like I was immediately hooked on AA. As soon Mm. as I like felt like that, that freedom of like not needing to wake up every day and and use something or a substance that's going to make me feel okay or be able to do life. Like I was like, wow, this is it. So I got super involved in AA. Um, I, you know, went through all the steps twice I sponsored a bunch of women. Um, I was in very, very involved in service work, especially in the young people's community in Manchester. And, you know, it, it was literally my identity. It was mm. my identity of who I was. And I, I was a woman in recovery. And, um, you know, that's what I thought I was always going to be. And, and I, the longer I was sober, and it wasn't the only thing that I did, right? Like, like I, I started becoming really, really spiritual, and I did Landmark, and I did... Sterling, which was like another thing. <laughs> I know. We, I had signed up for Landmark and then COVID happened and they canceled it. And I remember being so bummed. She was the one that was like, you have to do Landmark. Like, yeah, Landmark was really, was really, really cool. Like I did Landmark after Sterling and it was kind of like the same thing, but like not as like gender differences let's like let's tell the listeners what landmark is can you kind of explain that to the listeners so so landmark is kind of like a a personal development course Mm -hmm. um they have three different like main courses that you can take it's like the forum the advanced course and then the selp and then they have a bunch of different courses otherwise like um i would say like the main teachings of it is kind of like teaching you about what your brain tells you and how it's actually not true and where it comes from the stories like that that's and it gives you like a really cool perspective on how to do that and like you're in a room like before COVID you're in a room with a bunch of people that you don't know for a whole weekend and for many many hours a day and you're having like all of these really big epiphanies and there's like all these like little activities that you have to do and it's 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 really scary shit because yeah. you have to like call people and say th- people you haven't spoken to in like a decade. I remember and watching the, the YouTube videos and yeah. being like, "Okay, fuck, I'm doing this alone." Yeah. Like, no, aim. I'm not doing this alone. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it was terrifying. But like, I had like an amazing experience there, and I also did with Sterling too. Like, Sterling was a little weird, culty ish, but like, I I met beautiful people there mm. and also had some really important experiences through that as well. Awesome. And when I got sober, like, I made a promise to myself because before that. I could only do things that were like exciting or scary to me if I was high or yep. if I was drunk, right? Yep. So, and then, so relatable. And but also like a lot of times I would hold back like from doing things that I really wanted to do because a I maybe I didn't feel good enough to have them or mm. I was too afraid that I was going to look stupid while doing them. So mm-hmm. I was, you know what I mean? And I made that promise to myself when I got sober. I was like, I'm never ever going to let fear stop me from like taking a risk that of me being vulnerable again. And and I didn't. Yeah. And I really like jumped like fucking deep into a lot of things you know what I mean (laughs) some deep work some deep work I really did yeah so anyways I had a lot of really great experiences through um sobriety and stuff and and then about five years in um I started that's when like a lot of my personal life started to change like I went I was starting to go through my divorce and um you know that was a really huge experience for me that I wasn't expecting to be as hard as it was and I was starting to feel depression for like the first time like ever in sobriety like some real severe depression and they don't really tell you that like when you get sober like how how the mood can swing like so yeah big you know what I mean the highs and and the low lows yes like high highs low lows so like when this happened I kind of thought it was just one of those but it wasn't and it 
it definitely started to last like a little bit longer, right? Mm. And I started to feel for the first time that I was like, I want to kill myself. Like, I feel like I really want to die. And it scared the shit out of me because I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about how I was going to do it. And I was thinking about how my kids were going to be afterwards and what I was going to set up to make sure they were okay. Like all of these thoughts. I didn't know this. Yeah, it was was crazy. I, I, I did not know like what to do. So I did the first thing that, you know, I was told to do, Mm. go to your doctor and and tell your doctor what's going on, right? So I go to my doctor and she immediately puts me on an antidepressant and I I take it. And I was like, what's that even, how do you even say that word? Vehemently? (laughs) I was very against. (laughs) I'm very against. Don't ask me. I'm definitely not the word word buff. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I was very against any kind of medication at this point, like in recovery. I I literally like had a hard time taking ibuprofen because I just really didn't want to like do that, right? Yep. And um, so I I was like, I'm going to take it immediately because I just need to not feel this way. And after about a month, I go back to her and I was like, I don't feel anything. Like I don't feel Mm -hmm. high or low. And but I'm just like this. And she goes, this is called baseline that's how you're supposed to feel. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. So I started looking into like natural ways. First, I tried to get off of it and I couldn't because I was having withdrawal symptoms and I was like, oh shit, you know, like, so now I'm addicted to something again. And that's the the worst part about antidepressants is that they'll just give them to you and they don't tell you that you're going to have these side effects. You're going to have these withdrawal symptoms, like nothing. She told me nothing. And who wants to just be baseline? Mm -hmm. Who wants to just well, baseline felt like numb. That's what it felt like. But but it felt like numb in a way of like. Like I couldn't even have an emotional reaction, like like a joyous cry or even like an anger outburst. Mm. Like I couldn't have any of that. And it, and it felt so unnatural and not human, you know. So when I started to get off of it and I couldn't, I was like, fuck this. Like I need to look at natural ways of yep. of healing depression. Yeah. And um, I ended up coming across psilocybin yep. and microdosing. And that's kind of how my my journey started on this path that I'm currently on now. Yep. Um, I sat with that for probably like three months before mm. I was like, okay, to Again, do that. None of these are like overnight decisions, no right? Way. Like no we way. sit with these things, we pray about them, we like ask for guidance from our community. Like it's not just ever like a, okay, exactly. got this idea, I'm doing it. Yeah, because it's it like you're giving up an identity, right? Exactly. I'm giving up a sobriety date. I that went I had, through like a severe identity crisis. It was insane. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm going to be not sober. I'm going to because as soon as you, you know, what we're told and, and what I honestly believed and told other people too, like, it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not like I was just told this and I wasn't like a part of the problem. Like I yeah. definitely said the same things to other people. Yep. But I believed that, like, if I did this, that I would be giving up, like, this entire part of myself. Yeah, your everything. My everything. Everything that saved my life, My complete identity. Mm -hmm. It was, like, for nine years, I built myself up, spoke at these conferences, same thing, Mm -hmm. like, said these things that I believed wholeheartedly. I believed wholeheartedly that I was born sick and that I was forever going to be sick. And I almost started every time I shared with that, being, like, I am a sick person. And that just started to not feel good at all and then it was like okay so I have this identity of a sick person Mm. and then I'm gonna make this decision that I've been fear-based saying that if I make this decision my whole life is gonna crumble because I can't trust myself yeah that was another thing too like not trusting myself and I knew I knew that the medication that was given to me 
legally prescribed by my doctor was not the right thing. Like I knew in my gut, I'm like, this isn't right for me. This is not good. And and this is not something that I want to continue doing. Mm. And I also knew when I read about the psilocybin and the microdosing, I knew that that was right. And finally, I was like, you know what? This is my life. And I am a grown ass woman and I have been doing (laughs) a lot of work on myself and I can fucking trust myself. So I, one night, it was like randomly one night, I literally had these, I ended up getting hooked up with a psychologist actually who, um, who knew a lot about this and ended up hooking up with another person that was able to get this for me because it's not legal in the state of New Hampshire, which, you know, is crazy, but unfortunate, whatever, you know, but so anyways, I ended up acquiring microdosing (laughs) capsules and uh, sat with it. And then just one night, I just took it. And I was like, okay. And it was just like a slight little like warm feeling. It was nothing crazy. And I just continued to like do this protocol. There's a couple different protocols that are online. Like Paul Stamets yep. is one we of them. That was the one. Yeah. When I was asking you all about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and this was in like 2019. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this was like a long time ago that yeah. this happened. And I, I don't know if I was the first person around here, but I, but I didn't know anybody else doing it. I felt like I was like, really you were on definitely an island. my go-to person yeah i felt like i was sure. on an island <laughs> yeah yeah you were my go-to person that's so, for sure see, yeah and i and i i feel like i've helped a lot of people i've talked to a lot of people yeah in AA, out of AA, whatever about this because it, it was profound like i i did the protocol and i i felt good i was able to get yeah. off my medication without having like extreme withdrawals or getting hurt like mm. it, it, it was just like really really good yeah. and i knew that like that was the path for me yeah. so after that, I, I was interested in having like a little bit more of a deeper experience and I would try a macro dose. And, and I want to preface this by saying like, I don't do this stuff and like go to a concert. I don't do this stuff and like go out yeah. to a bar or whatever. It's like sacred. It is. And, and when I do this any time that I have done this ever since like this time around, because of course, like when I was younger, I used psychedelics, but it was just, it, it was like to party, yeah, you know what I mean? Friends. Without intention, yeah. you know, and I had no idea what I was doing. But this time... Every time I choose to have an experience, I, I am I prepare for this. It is sacred to me. I don't just decide like in the morning that evening that I'm going to do it. Like it is days in advance, and yep. I prepare my body and I, I prepare my diet and I prepare like my meditation and what's around me and and the amount of electronics that I've used. Like, so I, what does that look like? So what's that preparation look it, like? It really depends. I kind of try to do the same thing for everything, but it really depends on the medicine. So with psilocybin, a dieta is not as extreme or necessary as, say, ayahuasca. Yeah. Okay. Um, or pe- peyote is kind of the same. Like when when you're doing peyote, I've done like many many different types of. Yeah. Um, the entheogens we call them now, but I've done many types since this experience. But um, what that looks like is like cutting out. Um, any kind of like animal protein products, yeah. okay? Like anything like that. It's a very light diet. It's, you know, fruits and vegetables, fresh food, um, meditation every day. Um, t- I don't watch TV. I try to stay off the phone. I don't scroll on the internet. I don't mm. I do not do social media. Any Anything that can kind of like bring in, because energy is everywhere and it's everything. And when you're on these medicines, you, you're, you're going to feel and see every energy that's around you. So you really want to make sure that like that energy is is good for you and you it's, just want to be fully connected exactly like and to self exactly yeah you really i mean your set and your setting is like the two most important things and set and setting is you know you can look that up online on what that is but like set is like your mindset and you want to mm-hmm. make sure your mindset is in the right place and your setting you want to make sure that you're in a safe spot that you know has everything that you might need in a moment when you're having a tough time through an experience because these experiences are not 
always, you know, sunshines and rainbows. Sometimes yeah. they are, but like not all the time, you yeah. know, so you want to be prepared for yeah. that. So, um, so yeah, I just, I just kind of like started going on with deeper, deeper experiences. And the more I opened up to this, oh, I wasn't even prepared for, for what came, yeah. you know, and it, and it wasn't all good. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, like yeah. I have probably been in the the toughest year of shadow work of my life, but it yeah. is it is the most profound. Same. It's dirty work. It is. The dirty Some work dirty is work. so dirty. Oh, my but God. But it's so worth it. Uh, yeah, and when so you can it. dive deep into these spaces and you can – and the, the beautiful thing about this is that we can get to these levels of consciousness and levels of openness without drugs too. Like breath work can bring you there, like deep meditations. Like all these things are attainable – without substances also, but they also can help people get there that are having a really hard time to get connected to a spiritual experience. Mm. And usually people with addiction and alcoholism have a really hard time letting down the walls, releasing the fear, doing those things to have the actual spiritual experience needed to set forward to heal the pain because that's what we have to do. We have to actually feel it. We That's the like the biggest thing. We'll probably always talk about it. We have to feel it to heal it. Refill, and our refill, society refill. is so like we numb. We numb everything. Mm-hmm. Or it's not that bad. We stuff it down. Oh, it's not that bad. That Even happened. Like it wasn't that bad. Even like the whole love and light culture. Like love and light. Everything's positive. Think positive. No. Don't think about that. No. Like that's that's actually not real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's so much more detrimental. You know what I mean? Because that's how I was. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I can, I will manifest like anything that I want by staying positive all the time. And like, I would totally not allow like any of the anger or the pain or the trauma. Like girl, like if I have been like addicted to opiates, obviously something happened in my life, right? Yeah. That yeah. So like there was some stuff that yeah. I didn't even want to look at, but I didn't even realize that I wasn't, right? I just, I thought I was just doing the right thing. Love and light crystals and like all this stuff. Like, yeah. But it, the dirty work is where exactly. I, I really got to where I needed to be. The ugly stuff. Mm. Big surprise. We all know this. It's not the the drugs and alcohol are never the problem. The substance, the gambling, the sex, whatever mm. it is that you're using to escape is never the problem. The problem is inside of you. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to figure out what you were running from, what that main trauma is, what that piece. You have to sit with yourself. You have to figure it out because if you don't figure it out, you're just going to go from one substance to the other. And if it's not a substance, and we all know this because we've watched a bunch of people in a community in a 12-step, people that are some of the sickest people that I've met because yeah. they remove the substance and they think that they're fine just by going to meetings and not actually doing, doing the, work the work and sitting with their trauma and they're like oh yeah I'm doing great because like I'm in this community and I'm gathering some time together and everyone's attached to time yeah. yeah and I gotta be honest like I I'm not gonna like say anything bad about AA because AA really did save me like it really did it yeah. was there exactly when I needed it and it showed me the path I, I would not be here stone. for sure for sure but like the more work that I've done, and I'm not, I don't think I'm better than anybody in any way, no, shape, or form, but not. the more work that I've done, I feel like I can see more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can, I can observe more and, and see more truth because I am learning the truth inside of me, right? And I have met this, some of the sickest people in my life in AA, and, and it sucks because like the program is so beautiful and it has a lot of like really amazing things about it, but the people can sometimes spin that in like a really because a lot of the people like you said like are not doing that work you know what i mean yes because the 12 steps are amazing but they're they're not very deep 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? I feel like it is like spiritual kindergarten. Like we've always said, a lot of the people in my in my circle now, like that are no longer in AA. That's what we yeah. call it. You I mean, know? anyone, yeah. everyone could benefit from the 12 steps for sure. It's like, I think everybody it's like should first, do the 12 steps. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like that first coming into like the realization of like, okay, I've got shit. I got to let it go. I got to do my turnarounds. I got to let go of some fear and whatever it may be. And yeah. like, that's a good starting point, I think. So I think that's like what I think we have that advantage, I would say. Yeah, like, for sure. Quote unquote advantage in a way. For sure. But we, they talk about mind, body, spirit. And it's like, what do they actually teach you about that connection I in know. the big book? What, what does that actually mean to anybody? Girl, right? if, we, guess, if we even go into the big book, I swear to you know, like, let's talk about Bill Wilson for a minute. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Let's go. Like Bill Wilson's first spiritual experience that he had, that he that he thought of AA, of Alcoholics Anonymous and the whole program. He was on the Belladonna treatment. Yep. It's, it's an extremely powerful psychedelic that they no longer use because it's actually really dangerous. And there is so much proof of Bill Wilson at 20 years sober. There's like letters that he's written. There's a whole bunch of teachings and writings. A lot of what he wrote to the grapevine after this period in his life, 20 years sober, he was going through ha depression, didn't want to drink, but wanted to die. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, what do I do? And then he, he happened to come across LSD. And had his first LSD experience yep. and worked with LSD after that. And I don't know. I know for me personally, like when I became open about using psychedelics in my spiritual practice and in my holistic healthcare, because holistic to me means like whole, like exactly. mind, body, spirit, right? Yep. Like, and I, there was parts of my spirit that I could not access. And yes, breath work, yoga, there's all these different things that like you absolutely can do to reach these places that you don't need medicine to do but not everybody is that disciplined and not yeah. everybody is like in a space in their life where I'm they feel like said that. I'm glad you said that because it's not the truth is that discipline not every that takes a lot of discipline it to be does. able to get to those places and, and a lot of times for a discipline to like stick you have to be in like a good place right mm -hmm. like when I decided that I was going to start using psychedelics as a part of my recovery I was not in a good place you know what I yeah. mean I needed something right then and there I, I couldn't, like I couldn't, fast. yeah, I couldn't like, you know, start a meditation practice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, and, I, and I think yeah. that that's amazing. No, like I have 100%. one now, but I had to be okay to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, For so sure. yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just a journey and a process. And, and I think everybody it has their own thing. And I, and I don't think that this is for everybody. I yeah, really don't. I don't either. I think and we said that last time we tried to, we tried to reiterate that, right? Like we know that maybe this way, like, sh we want to believe that this way of living is for everyone, but we know that there's definitely some people that should not be experimenting or doing these things, right? For like, sure. Especially with psychedelics and some of the level of, of <clears throat> exactly. the experiences that I've had. Like, And April, how long were you sober, completely sober, completely abstinent before you tried to do it? Five, uh, you mean before I tried to, five years. Yeah, five, five years. years. Yeah. So five Same. years of complete abstinence, complete sobriety before the decision made. I was it's not just about something to hit five that, years. Like, mm -hmm. It's not something that, oh, I'm going to stay sober for a year and then I'm going to try to do it, or I'm going to stay sober for six months. That's like, you know, these are the questions that I'm getting because I still work in treatment and people are like, oh, what's your opinion on psychedelics? And I'm like, you need to stay sober for a long time. Like yeah, the intentions need like yeah, practice abstinence. abstinence. Figure it out. Figure out the things. Like it's not, you know. I, it's definitely not a one size fits all. That's for sure. You know mm. what I mean? And for me, I needed that abstinence in the beginning. Like Same. If, if I went from Same. like where I was to 
right away using psychedelics and I, I don't think it would have done like anything good for me but I do know that there are psychedelics that will really help people get like Ibogaine. Ibogaine yeah. is something that is like becoming extremely huge in helping opiate addicts be able to like mm. have a 24-hour experience with this and, and it's not like this is easy like I don't want people to think like yeah, you just go and you take a pill and it's done. It's like not like that. Like it's probably going to be the the fucking scariest 24 hours of your entire yeah. life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not an easy experience yeah. when you're going through these medicines. This is a this is a warrior's path. It Again, is brave like, work. Ugly. It is. Ugly. It's, dirty it, work. It can be really terrifying yeah. and very very hard, but what it like the most important thing it's not even about like having these experiences it's about the integration afterwards right Mm. it's about like bringing that into your life and being able to try to understand that with people i have so many wonderful people around me that i do a lot of integration work with every every single time i have an experience and i take a lot of time in between experiences especially the really hard ones like sometimes an entire year last year i had to take an entire year between my um, ayahuasca and, and peyote experience to, until this year. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was like that. I gained that shook much me. information. I was like, I'm yeah. shook. I need to. And I, I just knew, like, I'm not trying to jump into, like, every, you know, just do it again, do it again, do it again. Like, I want to, I'm doing this to learn, right? Yep. I'm doing this to heal. But, um, but yeah, I agree with you, Amy. Like, I don't think that people should be doing this, you know, when they're not prepared yeah. and when they don't have a really clear intention on what they want, you know. Yeah. Sometimes this stuff can really help with people who are like at that end point, you know, like the Ibogaine, right, where I cannot stop using heroin. I can't stop no matter what. And like this experience can kind of give them like that shift where they're not sick anymore and then they can feel physically mm. normal again. That doesn't mean it takes care of anything else that's happening inside of you, your, yeah. your mind or your soul. Like that's going to take some more time. Um, someone and when it's, I, Oh, go ahead. And it's never a quick fix. It's not like, oh, you're going to do a microdose and like the plant medicine's just going to like heal your mind. Yes, it does like rewire the neural pathways in your brain and like creates new ways for you to, you know go through whatever you need to go through but you still have to do the work yeah. after yeah it's not and it takes a time. simple fix it takes time like, there is no simple fix no. ever that's where everybody is so confused and that's so messed up that there's in, just though. like oh you're gonna take a pill and you're gonna go to rehab for yeah. 30 days and everyone's just gonna be fine you're just like you're gonna be fine right after you just go to rehab for, it's like no this is a lifelong journey like this is a lifelong process yeah. and it's peaks and valleys and some days are great and some days are bad and some days you're smiling and some days you're in fetal position on the floor but yeah man <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah. yeah and honestly like this is i am probably in a place in my life where like i have experienced more of my trauma over the last couple years than i ever have because i am actively seeking it i'm actively seeking it so that i can hold that shit and be like it's okay and feel it because i have been stuffing it without even realizing I it i love how you say that that's so true yeah because you have like to same. hold that yeah you have to this past year is like the first time that i'm like willing to really like really really face it right like really take a fucking deep look at what happened why I am the way I am, why I do the things I do, like all of it. This is like the first year where I've been like, okay, I'm not just going to ignore it. I'm not just going to be like, okay, it happened. Life's good. I'm good. Like, it's like, no, I'm going to fucking face it and work through it and get through it and like be okay. Yeah. And it's in what I realized during this work now too, like I haven't been able to do anything other than focus on that. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that focus 
it has to be that only because otherwise I'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to focus. I'm going to date someone or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that too. Or I'm going to have, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I try to do that. And then I, the, you know, the drama and all that bullshit and all that shadow work would be like, nope, that's actually not how it's going to work. So now we're going to have this trauma happen because of this relationship or this or this or that. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to just focus. Like my whole attention is on you. Yeah. And that's how I feel. Yeah. Like, and, and when I say you, I mean me. Yeah. You, like yourself. April, my whole attention is on you. And, and that's what it is now. And that's and that's where I'm at. And it feels really weird because I've never done that before. Yeah. You know, because I, I have two kids and I have a business yeah. and I have, you know what I mean? I have a lot of other things in my life that I've always wanted to like spread my focus to. But it's hard to prioritize yourself. It really is. But yeah. like after doing this work, like it, it's almost caused me to not even be allowed to look outside anymore. Mm. Like like I, I physically can't do it. I'm like, like it, it has allowed me to only focus on me and to deal with what's coming up yep. and what's happening. There's like no, there's no space for anything else now mm. except for me to get better. So that's what I'm doing. I love it. <laughs> so I love good. it so much. Yeah. And do you want to tell them about this recent experience that you had where you just were in Costa Rica? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I'll say it's kind of hard to like give description of like what an ayahuasca experience yeah. like is, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, just like the retreat as a whole. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What so, you do, what it's like, like so this, not just the plant medicine. Yeah, so this particular retreat that I go to is is amazing. It's mm-hmm. it's unbelievable, like, the care that they take and, and the reverence that they have for this medicine because it isn't just about the medicine, right? It's the preparation exactly. beforehand, right? So I do a dieta for at least three weeks before I even leave for Costa Rica. And then once we arrive on the property, um, they start – with a dieta forest and, and everything is grown there. All right. They have a greenhouse with all of their uh, vegetables that they have. And yeah, we get there, we do, we start with a dieta. They, everything is extremely planned out and very intentional. Like everything about the whole farm is very intentional. Yeah. This couple, Brian and Jody, uh, the farm is called farm of life is, is what's called. It's Finca de Vida. And it's, it's in um, the Diamante Valley in Costa Rica. It's amazing. And, um, Brian and Jody bought this place. They're a married couple, and they really believe in holistic healing and healing through food. And mm. um, they're both vegans. They do raw vegan retreats. They, there's many retreats at this particular location that isn't just plant medicine, but they do two plant medicine retreats a year. Um, so, anyways, so you arrive and everything is like laid out for you. All your meals are cooked. You're in like beautiful places to stay. Like the rooms are so amazing and so comfortable, and everything has an intention leading up to it. We do a um, we do like sound and light rides, which are just something that Brian does, like energy work that like mm. starts to open us up. We do yoga every day. Um, we do meditation. We do um, something called uh, Forgiveness Technologies, which is like about this book called Radical Forgiveness, which I highly recommend that everybody read this book. It's it's incredible. Well, um, check note that. Yeah, Colin Tippin, I believe, is the is the author. It, it's it's unreal. It's such a good book. Um, and then we do a cacao ceremony like day before ayahuasca, and then. The day of ayahuasca, and as you go, like your diet changes. You have less salt. You know what I mean, like, hmm. um, you know. And then the day of ayahuasca, you you eat very little, and you stop eating around two o'clock, and you kind of want to stop drinking anything, any water, even a few hours before two. You know what I mean? Because yeah, she, grandmother really likes to be inside of you by herself. With anything else in there, she gets very jealous. 
and <laughs> she really does. She is a lady who likes her own. You know what I mean? So you'll get sick. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically what I'm saying. My mom said she puked for like hours, and that's that's amazing. Like to be able to have that purge is it's painful in the moment, but yeah. like once you realize, and there's so many different purges, it doesn't have to. Because like I felt the first time I did it. And when I didn't throw up, I tried so hard to throw up. I felt like I was like not getting Get something. Get the full experience. Yeah. yeah. And then then I realized like that there's so many different ways of purging, like yawning and shivering and shaking. There's mental purges that yeah. happen where thoughts just flood your mind. I'm like sure tears. Honestly, like sometimes the other end. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that that happens too. And yeah. that's they call that the emotional purge. And then they call vomiting like a psychological purge. Okay. So, but there's there's all different That's kinds of ways. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So there's all different kinds of ways that your body can can expel this kind of energy, this purge, right? Um, so yeah, my experience this time was extremely, extremely powerful, like unbelievably powerful. It was extremely clear as well. She kind of like she wasn't very gentle to me to show me mm. like all of because I'm on this healing journey, right? And I'm and I'm going through all of these these experiences with like trying to, you know, go through my trauma and trying to live a life that, that really is meaningful to me. Right. And, and beneficial to society as a whole, not just, it's not just about me. It's not why I'm here, but, um, she showed me all the things that I'm doing that is not allowing that to be right. Mm. So like repeatedly over and over again, it it was very scary. (laughs) So like experiences, like activities, people like it showed me and she was very, very clear about all of it. Um, so, so yeah, so that was very challenging, but it was like really beautiful. And, and towards the end of it, like after every time that I do these or have these experiences, like I walk, sometimes I'm confused. Like I'm, I don't want to be like, yeah, I know everything. And, and you know, yeah, I bet the, some the, of it's like super confusing. Some of it's really confusing, but never once do I feel like I'm not one with everything. Yeah. Never once have I felt like I am not loved Yeah. or held. You know what I mean? Even mm. if it's hard, like, like ayahuasca is, is such a beautiful teacher because yep. y- even though she's hard sometimes and she gives you these lessons, she never, ever, ever lets you feel like you're not loved yeah. and like she's not there for you. Oh, you know, I it's, love that. it's, I'm going to get emotional just talking know, about it because it's, it. she is such an amazing mother, like really. And like, you feel that she has an actual energy. It's not just like a drug. It, do- it doesn't feel like that. You can feel an entity when you do this. It's, oh my God. It's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Incredible. And, and it's like, I I've kind of feel like I've gone through my whole life, like feeling a little bit different around the outside because I knew that there was something on the other side, right? Like I've always been kind of obsessed with like the occult or, oh my gosh. or all of those things. Always. Same. Right. And yeah, like, always. there's gotta be more to this. And like, this just doesn't make sense. This third dimension. Right. And I always felt like I didn't belong here, you know? Yeah. And then when I'm doing these medicines, like it, everything makes sense. Yeah. It, like, I, like I know what we are like I know what I am Mm -hmm. I I know I know what I'm here to do type of thing you know what I mean and I feel completely and totally just one yeah you know and uh, it's hard to describe I feel like it is there's that's the sense I'm getting it's like there's no there's no words no there's no words there's no words in the human language to actually describe what you feel what you what you see like what you experience there there isn't and I, I mean I could sit here and be like oh yeah I saw this and like me saying that to you is not even going to touch on what it actually was. Right. So it's kind of like a waste just, but like the learning and the teaching and and like the feeling of like that wholeness and, and it's not hard the whole time. Like sometimes like the energy can be like extremely sexual. Sometimes it can be like, I had this one time when I took my second cup and it started to kick in where it was, um, it was so 
playful like a child and mm. I sat there and I'm like playing with my toes and pulling on my toes and just like <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. and like because this beautiful music is happening too and like you absolutely need that music during ayahuasca because it really like helps dissipate all the energy there's so much yeah. energy coming from around mm. the circle and I feel like music is so vital it is so vital it is so and the silence between the songs is also just as important too like I, I don't know for anybody who's never done it like it, it and you are thinking of doing it like I would never be like you should do ayahuasca like I never ever recommend it to people I'm like if you feel called to do it you will get the call and you will your path will like open because that's what happened with me yeah like it's something that it. shouldn't be forced yeah I've never done ayahuasca either personally um I've just lived through April's experiences and always like <laughs> as soon as she gets back I go and sit with her but I'm the same way I don't do anything that it's not a force I'm not forcing anything I know that I'm daily doing the work that I need to do in this path and on this plane that I can with breath work and yoga and meditation and all of those things that um when I'm ready to meet grandmother, she will be very, very clear to me yep. and when I need to go. And I do know that April will lead the ceremony for me for <laughs> sure because we have just a very beautiful path. And, you know, for April and I, it's one of the most beautiful friendships that I have because we kind of go, you know, we go like this. Like we like connect and we've like done the same sort of work like landmark and all the things and then we like separate and like go and like do the work and then we like <laughs> come back heck, we come back together and it's like we never skipped a beat that's like, been nine years of this like yeah, nine yeah. years of that it's of that so funny our forth. journey always is so similar like yeah. obviously different things happen but it's always the same energy and always the same lessons or experiences and it's so it's it blows me away every single time it just it, it reminds me of the synchronicity and the magic of like what yeah. we actually are yeah it's really divine cool. connection because and it's like it's never been like this weird energy where like we don't talk for six months and it's like oh god you're a horrible friend because you didn't check in on me like i can't with that stuff like yeah uh, i don't, don't have time yeah life's life. life a life is life, life we all have life and like if you feel that way like it's your own job to like figure out why you need somebody to like check in on you like and and think that oh they're not your friend because they didn't check in on you in yeah. a month like, i just don't have people like that in my life because yeah. i can't because honestly like Same. i i own a business i I work all the time. Summers, I'm completely incredible. Totally. Incredible photographer, you guys. Yeah, she plug that right in. Yep. She's my Black wedding photographer. Yep. <laughs> thank you, thank you She's very much. She's taken so many pictures of my babies, yep. of me, of the studio, my wedding, your wedding, yeah, all my pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She'll probably do a shoot for us. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love my job. I love being a photographer. I would love to do that for you guys, of course. Yeah. But but yeah, I can't I can't do that. Like and I don't have people in my life that are like that either. Because I just it, it doesn't align. So it, it, it automatically just kind of disappears. And, and I feel like right, like that just feels like so like surface superficial level. Mm -hmm. Like surface level. Like I need like some like I saw a TikTok the other day and I was like dying laughing. It's like, tell me some fucking trauma or get the fuck out of my way because I don't have time for it. Like, I don't have time for it. Be real. Tell yeah. me really what's going on. Like, like I'm not going to be like, how's the weather? How are you? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, exactly. Like, tell me the real really stuff. Yeah. Any, any of the superficial I can't really deal with. Maybe for like a short period. To, and I'm like, okay, now let's get to the real stuff. Yeah. Let's get to the meat like, of I what's the, happening. I want the nitty gritty. Like, I want to hear some shit. Like... <laughs> The darker, the better. Like, so serious. We're here for the shadow work. People. Yeah, we are here for the shadow work. Darker, the better. Yeah, it's so important. But, but yeah, and friendships like that, like, you know, the more, like, it's, 
it's like not worth it right like the expectations of people have like mm. reached this like crazy level that we need to be like especially women like we need to like be this like all and everything it's like no Sometimes I completely forget about people for six months because I'm so fucking consumed with my goddamn self Mm -hmm. that I can't do anything else but that. And, like, to have people in my life to be like, oh, I haven't talked to you in six months, but, like, it doesn't even matter because we're doing the work and we're, like, whole and And living and, and, yeah. Or just having the friends that, like, this is so us, right? Like, just being in each other's space but not having to entertain each other. Like, I can just be with you and not worry about, like, do you need something? Are you good? You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, like just, constant yeah, chatter entertainment. Just like you guys holding can just each other's space. Yeah, and like not have to worry about holding a conversation or like, again, superficial shit where I'm just like, so how's it? Like, you know what I mean? Like just holding space for each other. That's like all I need sometimes. I just need like human connection without having words. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just share space. Yeah. Just, share space. Just space. Peace. Or whenever I just call April and I'm like, can you please, like, well, the last time I came to her house, I sat at her counter. She she gave me a cacao ceremony and I just yeah. fucking cried. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I hadn't seen her in months and she just like held space and pulled cards for me and just was like there. And then That's I don't think we've is. talked since then. I don't think, no, maybe a couple times, but like super brief stuff like, hey, podcast, you're coming. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That, like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, and I'm totally good with that. I feel like I feel like just in this day and age now with, like, so much changing energetically, like, obviously, a lot of people are, w- yeah. are waking up right yeah. now, right? A We're lot. in the age of Aquarius. I yeah. love me and my astrology, so, like, I believe in all of that stuff. It's a very, very powerful blueprint for not only human beings, but society as a whole. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, the age of Aquarius is coming. Everybody's kind of waking up, and we're getting to this, like, new – it's almost like – um like an anarchy like like crashing the old system because it doesn't yeah. make sense anymore and it doesn't work for us and and it's so many question marks exactly so and, and people are asking marks. so many things and people are just becoming a lot more defiant which i think is amazing because yep. you really need to defy like what no longer serves you and yep. and how are you going to like like be able to be free from oppression if you don't fight the oppression right yep. so i think that it's just like amazing and i'm so blessed and grateful to be alive during this time like yeah that this is the time that I chose for my incarnation I'm like wow okay yeah you know and here you we are. and you and here we are sitting here all in the same path all yeah. with the same purpose like I really truly believe that yeah and there's so many of us and the purpose is to love and heal not just ourselves but to share you know yeah. I have this give that this studio like my goal is to just like give people a place to come and heal safely and just being vulnerable and everybody just like talking and sharing their stories like this is what we need to do so that we there are so many people the outreach from our last podcast the amount of women that have reached out to us Mm. being like oh my god I don't feel alone anymore it was so amazing to relate to you on these levels because I've been so scared to talk about leaving AA the shame the things like girl what I experienced when I left like I was basically like alienated very much so it's bullshit it's bullshit and it's like that sucks because like not only am I alienated because I didn't follow this specific path. First of all, psychedelics are not alcohol. But anyways, I didn't follow this specific path. And then you leave people out in the cold to die. Like, this yeah. is someone's entire community, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's it's really sad and it sucks. It's, and everything they, it's everything they go against. Yes. Like, they preach one thing and then, boom, you're just, like, out. Like, out in the cold, like... 
we don't have time for you anymore. You're sick. You're a drug addict. You're going to relapse. Like, or it's like, I'm going to catch it. Because I know that I felt yeah. like that. Like, if someone, like, relapsed around me, I wasn't hanging out with them because I'm going to catch it. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like It's a bug. Stay <laughs> <laughs> the fuck away from <laughs> me. And so I get it, right? I get that yeah. mindset and yeah. that belief and stuff. But it's not right, man. It's not right. And it sucks that, like, people have had to experience it. And I'm so grateful that, like, I already have my community of people that I'm close to and that are solid in my life that love me no matter what, yeah. regardless of whether I, I take ayahuasca or psilocybin or yeah. peyote or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yep. Or whatever my choice is. Like, they, yep. don't, they don't care. They love me anyways, yeah. right? And yeah. a lot of times they're very supportive. And those are your people. Exactly. And that's it. And mm-hmm. all the rest weren't. So. And sometimes people have legi- legitimate fears. And I talked about this last time, but it's like, I'll share a little bit. A couple months ago, there was something posted about me on the internet that I was like on a spiral and that I was like a drug addict again and like all these things. And it was public on a very public Facebook, you know, thing where like a lot of people in AA saw it. It was an article. I was was nine, like I spent nine years in the program. I gave my life to this program. I helped hundreds of people like that was all I did I was at meetings I was speaking at events like that was all I did do you know how many people reached out to me three I know I was one of them (laughs) three people other than my friends yeah like just like the random like you know couple people that I sponsored and then there was this other person that like three people wow like are you kidding me like something that I literally you know like that's where I'm just like okay so but I know everybody was talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) That's the interesting thing. It's like, because we, when you're in AA, I I really think like the tenants of AA are super, super beautiful, like to call somebody if they're not around, but like it doesn't really happen. Yeah. So, you know, just not having people reach out or, or like, like we were just saying, it's about the tenants of AA, like the people ruin it, right? Mm -hmm. Like just like anything else, it's the human experience. Like it's not, we're not talking about, there's just a lot of, you know, shitty people, but there's a lot of shitty people everywhere, right? But there's just like, it's brainwashing a little bit, right? Like they tell you these things. And it was also written in 1936, 1950s, like patriarchy, like Christianity, like fear-based, like, you know, that's just what it was. Yeah, We have changed. We have evolved. We have learned so much more about ancient healing, mm. ancient healings, things that were have been around for thousands and thousands of years in community and connection. And if you can learn those things and you can still continue to bring them into the daily life, you don't have to stick to doing a thing that doesn't align with you anymore. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's just like, I think that so much gets put, like AA is such a big thing. It's a huge thing. It's the first place that you're going to get sent if you leave jail, if you leave rehab, if you whatever, go to an AA meeting. Go to or your friends like know that you're having a problem. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that Halfway everybody tells houses, you. You know what it. I mean? And it and it's so important for so many things. But like, I just feel like if you're in AA, right, and you're a person in recovery and you identify as such, perhaps you should not pass as much judgment on other people's choices or paths of recovery. Like maybe that we don't have a monopoly. You know what I mean? Like. Maybe live by that statement. Yeah. Because I know that I do. Like, like I believe that anybody, and I feel like I know that I do ever since I left AA. Like, I and I want to, like, be clear on that. Because when I was in AA, I kind of felt like AA was the only way. Like, I get it. Because yeah. it felt the only way to Same. me. Complete and total abstinence. Like, yeah. that, that was it for me, right? 
I didn't believe in marijuana maintenance. I didn't believe in any of that stuff. And like now, I didn't I, even believe in like Matt. Like I didn't even believe in Suboxone at first. Like I was like dead set against Girl, Suboxone. Girl, I wouldn't at first. sponsor women. Yeah, like, I wouldn't. Suboxone. I was like, you're like, not I'd be sober. Like, no. like, like I literally can't sponsor you. Yeah, and like the sponsor thing. Oh my god, come on. I know. You know what I mean? I like know. just that whole thing of like having someone to tell you what you can and can't do in your life is just crazy to me. But anyways, it's it's like. I feel like now if we can just like all allow each other the grace to like follow our own path and kind of do what's right for us. And like, to be honest, like the only thing that my path is going to hurt is me, right? Like if, if this path is wrong and I'm like not telling myself the truth, like that's the only thing that's going to hurt me is me not being honest with myself. and, And that's what all of this is about. And this is actually like what my journey, what my shadow work journey is all about is uncovering that truth. You know what I mean? Inside of myself. And I feel like that's like the most free I've felt in like a really long time. Just like the, just like the announcement of this, like the start of this, just like being like, yep, here we are. Like we left AA and like we do this and that occasionally, like it's the most free I've felt because I feel like I'm finally able to be myself and I'm living my truth. Yeah. Exactly. Like where like I felt like so alienated at first and felt like I couldn't talk about it. Or I couldn't share about it. Cause I was just like, Oh my God. Like, you know, and just like the worry of like hurting people and disappointing people and the rumor, just like all of it. Right. Like, it's just like, you never, it's like such a taboo subject again and the identity crisis the identity crisis crisis. is the biggest thing for sure it really is because like all of these people have been your people right for so long and like and and not only that like so me as like a business owner you know what I mean like when it first happened to me I was like oh my god like a lot of my clients are from AA and yeah am I gonna lose am I gonna lose business or am I gonna be judged for this and it's like I don't know I had to really just get honest with myself about am I a good person Am I doing the things in my life that are good for me, right? Mm. Am I being honest completely and totally with myself and with others to the best of my ability? And, like, all of these things are yes. So it's, like, what I choose to do doesn't affect – I'm actually a better photographer now. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like I really am. Yeah. And and it's all just because, like, I'm just not afraid to do things that are, like, different. Yeah. Or I'm not afraid to, like, just – I don't know, freaking go for it. Like, yeah. and, and whatever that might mean for me or whatever that, yeah. that might mean for anybody else, just like go for it. Yeah. Agreed. So. I, we, I know we appreciate having you here so much. And it's I know you pleasure. just got back from another vacation and I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I love you for coming. Um, but we just want the listeners, what would you want the listeners? Like one takeaway, like one important takeaway that you would want us to co- to go and sit on and think about honestly like for me the biggest thing that I always follow or has helped me the most is like really honing that little voice inside Mm -hmm. that that intuition right that gut feeling and listening to yourself learning to trust yourself yeah that is that is the biggest thing that I believe in my um journey in my path that has been the most impactful is like following what I know is actually true yeah and what I know is actually right you know what I mean and I don't always listen to it like honestly sometimes I want to do something different but then I I pay the price you know and uh the more I can listen to that inner voice and the more it's it's not like it happens overnight it's a practice so I would say practice yeah practice listening to that inner voice because it's really important it'll tell you everything you need to know and it'll guide you anywhere you need to be I love that. Yeah. And everybody has that. Everyone, Everyone does. Everyone has that innate feeling of if you know you're going to do something wrong or right, you know. Mm-hmm. So just 
tuning into that. Yeah. And that was the big deprogramming of AA because it teaches you you can't do that. You can't, can't trust, trust yourself. yourself. Yeah. You literally have to. It's huge. It's a huge deprogramming. I'm literally sure. doing EMDR with it right now. Oh, I did that because too. Because I'm convinced that I can't fucking trust my, my own judgment. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we're reprocessing that cognitive memory right now because I'm like convinced that I'm like the most indecisive person ever. And when it comes to any type of decision making, I have to ask everyone around me because God forbid I make a decision on my own because I'm like, is it the right decision? Like, I can't trust my judgment. I don't know if I'm making the right decision. So well, I think it's good if you have people in your life that you can like ask advice to or like, what do you think? For sure. Sometimes like I still do that for sure. But it's like. It's people that like will kind but of guide me. But I rely me. on it. Yeah. No, like I rely on it. So now it's like I'm getting to the point where it's like, no, I need to be able to like trust my gut. And yes, I can confide in my friends too. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with what my gut is telling me. For sure. For sure. Sometimes you just have to say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Like Agreed. To say it out loud. But what an amazing episode. So Information exciting. overload. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, no, though. So great. <laughs> we only have such a limited time, right? Like, we want to pack it in. I know. I could yeah. talk about this for hours yeah. and hours and hours. I really could. And yeah. who knows? We'll probably have you on again, you know? It's yeah, just exactly. we're, we're here and we're not going anywhere and we're going to keep talking about all these things. And, you know, it's not always going to be about 12-step recovery. We're going to have other guests on, people doing other things. Not everybody's left AA. Yeah, Yeah, not everybody's going to be from AA. We just have a whole, we have months of of guests coming in to just talk about anything holistic healing. And we're just so grateful. We cannot believe that 500 people listened to our first podcast. <laughs> it was so good. I was like really impressed. I was really impressed. Yeah, we were so, so nervous too. We were like up in here like. <laughs> we're going to make it. It's so vulnerable. But here we are because that's yeah. just what it's about. And like if you want to be on, reach out to us. We're yeah, if here. you have a message to share and you want others to hear it, like we want you here. Our women's circle, if you're in the Manchester area, it's filling up. Um, it is on the 24th of this month. We're super excited about that. 7 p.m. Here at the studio. Donation-based. So come. Everyone's welcome. Well, women only. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end the same way we began. One hand on the heart, one hand on the belly. The heart is the intuition, the belly, the gut, the wisdom, what April and we just talk about tuning into. We take a big breath in through the nose. Just let it go. Thank you so much. See you. you next week. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to what we have to say. It means the world. As always, we want to end this episode by reminding you that we are not medical professionals and we are not giving any type of medical advice. We simply are sharing our experience and solutions. We are here with the intentions of reminding you that you are never alone and that everyone's healing journey is unique to the individual. Stay well, sacred rebels. See you next time.